And so, Chris Fleecroft, it's his first day back off work. Welcome, Chris, everybody. Can you hear the, che the cheers, the crowds? Definitely. Oh, <laughs> oh, all the amens and the claps and the, and the love hearts and then the little prayer hands will be going on Facebook for James and all that kind of thing. Welcome back, Chris. It's good to be here. You're looking very relaxed. I'm looking very tan. Can you see? Fantastic. I, oh, wow, I don't know what's happened to the weather. Well, I thought I'd wear my white shirt off to, to show yeah, off my show tan. Yeah, off the tan. Looking good. Looking good. Looking really good. Looking so how are you and how are the family? Leslie, Anna, the boys, everybody OK? We're, we're doing good. I mean, Josh is still over in Amsterdam, so he keeps giving us a uh, rundown of how they're doing in Amsterdam wow. compared to how we're doing here. Uh, Dan's now allowed to come back to our garden. To We can feed him yeah, once again. That, oh, he'll be glad yeah. of that. Uh, Anna, well... She love, would love to go back to school, but she can't go back to school until September. And I think Leslie would love to go back to the gym, but she can't. But there we go. We're oh. making up for walks and Joe Wicks and whatever else. No. Well, have you done any hobbies or anything like that? What have you been doing? Well, I, I resurrected one of my uh, teenage hobbies, or maybe even younger than that, model airplanes, you know, like the airfix, oh, things like cool. that. So, be, so I did one of those, and then Anna saw one, and when she wanted to do one, she wanted to do a Spitfire. I didn't realise uh, Anna was so into World War II stuff, so we've done a few of those, uh, and I've got a little collection of aeroplanes now. Um, I've also... Uh, resurrected recording music onto a computer, trying to work out new things oh, and how to do cool. that. I've been doing that too. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, is recording. it a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, I've got shouting grounds down, which is brilliant, but uh, I don't think it's ready to be shared yet. Come uh, on. And then the third thing I, I guess I've, I've done is um, I started writing two books, but never really had the time to finish them. And yet over this time, it's given me the chance to actually finish two books, one of which is now already out in print. Fantastic. And I said, bring it in today. Yeah, can you hold it, it up to camera two so they can have a look at that cover? Maybe they can get in there. I don't know. And what, have a little look at what it. What you probably don't realise is, is, is the cover is actually rain. So it's rain and light fire because it's like uh, glory carriers. It's talking about the Holy Spirit and the power of God flowing through you. This was a book I knew I had to write. Um, it was born out of the outpouring, how was it, 2012? 2011, 12, 13. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, this is the, uh, the lessons I learned from that outpouring, the experiences that I had from that outpouring. And it's, a, it's a really a book of how to build foundations into your life so that you can carry the glory of God, no matter what the season is, no matter what happens around, how do you still carry his glory and thrive, even Lo in the desert? I now, I've read it. Now, I, I often say this, not everybody that can preach can write, but that reads really well, Chris. It's a really well-written book. I love it. Um, yeah, the, the video, see, your ministry, I don't think you were even working with the church probably in 2011, and there's the video of you being prayed for by Nathan Morris yeah. in what is now Jubilee Church. We were using it as a venue. It was the Methodist Church then. And you were hit by the Holy Spirit. I think there's, I don't know, 120,000, probably more than that. That's like a year ago I last looked at that. Views of that. Your life was transformed Absolutely. by the Holy Spirit. Completely. It was, it was uh, one day I was, I was one way and the next day I, I, was, I was completely different. It was like I was in a Holy Spirit bubble for three months. Wow. Uh, God just speaking to me. The only thing I wanted to do was pray. I don't know how I survived at work. Uh, Steve, if you're there, I don't know how I survived yes. at Rayma. <laughs> Steve, Steve Green that is now leading out in Ghoul. He was your boss, right? He was right? my boss. And, and all I, I wanted, you were useless. Uh, well, I thought I was useless. All I wanted to do was, was share the gospel <laughs> to every, every child which came in. Uh, but yeah, it was it was incredible time, um, and and which is really interesting is I wasn't prepared for that that conference. I'd actually given myself an excuse. I, I actually had a bit of an offence. I don't know if you know this, um, because he's, you, he's now going to confess, yeah, confess live something. on our broadcast. I was because you brought in a different worship team. 
And I was like, I want to be part of the worship team. Oh, and yes. so, you know. Worship teams. Yeah, worship teams and offended and whatever <laughs> else. Like so I was like, well, I've, I've got to do this and I've got that. I can't make this day. So I walked in on the second day, not knowing what was going on. We went, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to have to encounter God. And boom. I, wow. There was no prep for it. God just whacked okay. me. Lesson number one, sometimes you have to overcome offence to step into your destiny. <laughs> Boom! We're going to hit it out of the park today. No, I mean, it's true, though, isn't it? You do. So your life was utterly transformed at that yes. moment. Then we took you on as a youth pastor, and uh, you're one of the heroes of Revived Church now. Um, let's de-spiritualise the title for those watching that won't get... We talk about glory all the yeah. time. So glory carriers... Break it down to practical language. What does that really mean? Do, do, does it mean that I walk around with a cloud on my head of God's glory or, you know, break down some of the practicals for people of what the book is talking about when you mean glory? I, I mean the presence of God living in your life. So it's, it's hearing the voice of God. It's hearing, it's accessing the storehouses. That sounds Christian words as well, isn't it? Storehouses of heaven. It's, it's finding ways, as I said, structures, foundations, pathways, which allows God to fill your life. Yeah. Um, because I, I know I've seen many people and, and they get, um, you know, massively hit by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they have some lots of feelings, yeah. goosebumps, visions, whatever. Yeah. And then, and then three or four weeks or even maybe the next day, nothing's happened, nothing's yeah. built. And, and I got onto this whole thing that glory carries is how to um, change an experience like that, how to change, um, you know, God impacting your life yeah. so that you build foundations in your life that God can continue to flow through you. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and the flow, you mean... Uh, prophecy, in other words, yes. hearing God's voice, seeing God do miracles. I mean, you've seen, I would say, probably thousands of miracles. Uh, you were leading the youth group for quite a while, and a lot of the stories are in the book. People getting out of wheelchairs yeah. was commonplace. Um, dozens and dozens and dozens of deaf ears opening. We, we stopped counting after about 70 uh, because we knew we were getting inaccurate. And I've heard you say you stopped counting the people yeah. getting saved after 150 because you knew you were no longer accurate, yes. so you kind of give up the counting and just get on with the adventure. Um, so it's a practical outworking of the Holy Spirit hit yes. in your life. I always use the phrase, being filled is not enough. You've got to know what to do with it. Otherwise, you've got petrol in a car, but you don't know where the accelerator is. Hmm. And a lot of charismatic Christians get stuck at that point. So where can they get the book? Because it is a great book. I don't know if you know this yet, but we, everybody that won't be watching this broadcast because they don't have the internet in Revive, we've already bought them a copy and we're sending it them. We bought it off Amazon, so we're sending a load of copies out to people. But for those watching now, where can they get it? You can, you can just go to Amazon, search yeah. for my name, search Glory Carriers, um, which is the title, or you can go to glory, glorycarriers.co.uk. You've got a website. I've got a website. Come on. And, on. and on that website, there is a link to go and buy the book. I love that. Okay, people, do uh, grab that book. It's a great book, a really, really good read. And it gives you the inside story. I know, I mean, recently Chris has been developing our network at Revive, and, um, and so you've been away a lot. In fact, sometimes mm. you come in to, when we were at Winifred Holtby, you come in and get treated like a newcomer, yeah. and the welcome to you will be trying to get you saved and stuff like that, because so, Chris has been away a lot. So you need to know the backstory of what Chris has been through and uh, how he's leading. Um, and this, this book will really help you do that and take you on an adventure that he's been on, which is turning the sense of God's presence into a sense of the outworking of yeah. God's power in your life, which is fantastic. Right, listen, lockdown, you've been, I don't know, I think you've been furloughed a couple of months. Yeah. Um, what's God been saying to you? 
lots, lots, but lots of it wasn't new. So, so one of the things he said to me right at the start was, you need to get these messages down. So I've been carrying around glory carriers for, for quite a few years. I needed to get it down. And then I've got an, another book on the go, which um, hopefully will be out soon, called The Awakening, which is the next step to that, which is, again, God talking about um, how we as a church need to rise up into our identity yeah. of who we are in Christ, that we have a voice that needs to be, that needs to be in this nation. Um, and I, the first thing was, you need to get that down. So I did that. And then he started to talk to me about how, what the priorities of church are, what the priorities of ministry. I mean, this is, this is a time when um, supermarket, supermarket workers have become key workers. Yeah. It's like, it's like, imagine saying that six months ago, it's, you'd, you'd sound crazy. You know, the, yeah. the cleaners and supermarket workers are our key workers. Yeah. And, and I think the same thing has, has been happening in, in the church. And the, sto the stories that I, I'm hearing, which really go, wow, I, I love that, is where I'm hearing people, um, you know, and, and, and they've, they're now in contact with the local council and, and somehow they're now uh, overseeing distribution to all the food and all the people in need. And, and the yeah. church has become the central Some of our network guys that. have been doing this, some of, Yeah, some of yeah. our network guys. And I'm going, that doesn't normally get the highlight but that is what we really need in, yeah. in this situation. Um, so he's, he's been revealing a whole load of, of things like that, just going deep with things I know. But there is one standout verse that I saw a few weeks ago. And I saw, I saw it and it just, you know, it's one of the verses which just blows you away. And, and like, why did I not see that before? It's there. I haven't read the words any different, but it's, it's there. And, it, and it's Revelation. Let me get it right. Revelation 12, I believe. I've been in Revelation quite a bit, which is oh not a book boy. I normally go to. Revelation because... and lockdown is not a good combination. <laughs> well, the reason I normally don't go to <laughs> Revelation is because you get to, you hear, you hear one preacher going on about it and it's like this, this and that's yeah. what it means. Then you hear another great preacher and they say something completely different but this is what it means and so I'm like well I don't want to get in that um, that little fight but Revelations 19 verse 8 and it's talking about the marriage of the lamb and it says it was given to her the church to clothe herself in fine linen bright and clean now that so far that's good of course yeah. Jesus wants to clothe his his bride in the best clothes possible that you know he wants to show off his bride but it's the next bit which took me aback because it says this for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints now why that took me back was because I've often preached and I and I often hear heard when we talk about the righteous acts of us, but they are like dirty rags, as Isaiah Which says. Is a scripture, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you know, our best efforts, we can try really hard to be as pure and as holy and as godly as, as possible, and yet the result of our actions is dirty rags, and that is a, a sanitized version of the actual literal yeah. translation, yeah. as uh, dirty rags compared to, to what Jesus does, and that will get us nowhere near heaven. So, so you get verses like Romans in, in Romans 3 saying that we have all sinned, we are all unrighteous, yeah. we need a saviour. And of course we, we hear that a lot because we need to preach those verses because that's the access to the cross. Yeah. To get saved, we need to understand, I am not good enough. No matter how hard I try, yeah. I'm always going to make mistakes. No, I mean, I've done this in, in, in my own life. I, I, I remember um, 
I, I, my neighbour, um, I saw their neighbours, my neighbour's car, and it was dirty. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do a really good act. I'm going I'm to wash their car for them. <laughs> and so I started washing their car, and I was doing their window. And as I did their window, my my window wiper somehow scraped oh, a massive no. line on, on 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 the window. I was trying my best, and still I had caught. I mean, the guy was was livid. You know, I I, I tried to be, you know, try, <laughs> try to do something good, and it just went bad. And and that is us at the cross. You know, a lot of the times we do things bad out of wrong decisions and. And, and wrong motives, but even when we try really hard, our righteousness is just rags. Yeah. And yet we get to Revelation, and it's like the opposite, wait a minute, the righteous acts of the saints are like pure, clean linen. Wow. And so my, my, my thought went to this, how do we get from righteous rags, I mean not righteous, but dirty rags, yeah. to pure, clean linen? And I suddenly went, of course. You see, we come to the cross, and to come to the cross, we have to admit that we can't do it and we're dirty. But we don't stay there at the cross in that identity. God, through his Holy Spirit, filling us, and this is what Glory Carries is all about, transforms our lives so that we act like him, so that we think like him. He yeah. renews our minds. He renews, re renews our hearts so that we are being changed into the very likeness of Jesus Christ is what, what the Bible said. I mean, yeah. I, I struggle with that verse, being changed yeah. into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And... The point of, of our salvation is not just to get to the cross and say, I'm bad, I'm terrible, and that's what I focus on. The, the point is that you carry on in, in the walk following Jesus, and he transforms our lives to such a degree that our righteous acts are changed from dirty linen to the purest fine linen wow. that would clothe his bride. Beautiful. And, I, and I'm thinking, we need to get our, our thoughts onto that's where I was, but that's not who I am. Yeah. God is transforming me so much and changing me so much. This is where I should think and, and, and try and get to, that my actions are so pure, even in the light of heaven, wow. even in the biggest party that is going to be in heaven, he's using the righteous acts of the saints, not of Jesus, of the righteous acts of the saints yeah. on his bride. Wow. That just blew me away. Now, look, this, this, is, this is weird, because I, I had a dream about righteousness last night. I, in fact, I, w I woke up in the early hours. I sometimes have dreams, and, and they, they often feel a bit kind of, you know, divine, yeah. a bit spiritual. And in the dream, I was, I was sat with a couple of people, which is kind of irrelevant to the point, so I won't say who they are. Um, and then there was someone who I didn't know there, and they just began to speak about um, faith and works and righteousness and began to explain in this dream so, so vividly that we, we know that faith without works is, is dead. Mm. We know that Abraham was considered righteous because he believed. Abraham yep. believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, what a lot of charismatic Christians do is they think, OK, I need to believe God for righteousness and, it, and then I'll be credited with righteousness. That's no. not what the Bible shows. It shows that... Uh, that, that Abraham believed God and obeyed him about his destiny, things he should do. This is why it yes. links up with what you're saying. Abraham was told, leave your country and head off somewhere, and I'm going to take you on an adventure. And Abraham went, and his going was an expression of his faith, and that was credited to him as righteousness. Yes. And so our faith has to lead to a doing yes. which is divine, which is the, the beautiful, yeah. clean, white acts of the saints, which is what you're talking about, I yeah. think. And this person was explaining, so we need to listen to God, believe him, 
and then do what he says, yes. and it will be credited to us as righteousness. In other words, I'm right with God. I'm at peace with God. Let's track it right back to the beginning because I'm doing what he says. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. We're, uh, we're at peace with God because we're doing what he says. Um, now, I think this is powerful because I'm sitting like you on lockdown, you know. Um, I, I've not been furloughed, but I have had a lot of time to think. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there at, listening to God so much about, I want you to be like this. I want you to do that. I want you to stop doing this. I want more of this. I want the, the future, you know, a bit of innovation here, some ideas about that. All these instructions from heaven. And I really feel God is beginning to say, OK, so now it needs to... If you really are going to walk with me, Jared, and be righteous and at peace mm. with me, your diary needs to look like what I'm telling you. Yeah. You need to carve out time, change attitudes, adjust things. And so it, it is this, what you're saying is such a confirmation to me of something that happened overnight last night that our faith needs to become doing. Yes. Otherwise, we won't remain righteous. Yes. Which is and quite a radical thought, isn't it? Yes. Go on, stretch um, it. Take it further for us. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you a story. Um, so I, I, last year sometime, this was before like, lockdown happened, last year I, I was walking back from walking under the dog along, on, along the riverbank and I walked in, into, our, into our street, which is a cul-de-sac, and this family I didn't know, I don't know what they were doing there, with... with uh, had this this young daughter and it must have been a birthday or something and she's got this bike and it's obvious that she's she doesn't know how to ride this bike and it and it's i think it must be her dad but it could be anyone uh, i guess is holding the bike behind like the saddle like like i know, you, oh, know yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. you know so she can work out how to ride a bike without stabilizers and as i turn around you know she that I get there to see the dad just let go, and it's obvious it's for the first time. And this whole crowd of, of people around you—you you see on their faces. I mean, this is happening in split seconds. But oh, yeah. you know, the, the joy, but the fact that this this girl is now doing it, and the joy in her face, she's doing it, and, which is then replaced to horror in a, in a couple of seconds because this girl is cycling down the street, but somehow there's a parked car, and now she's going towards the parked <laughs> car. The dad's way behind, and oh, it's no. going towards the parked car, and she sees the parked car, and she's like trying to turn the handlebars this way. But she's transfixing this car, part, yeah. part, part, part car, whichever, get that right. And no matter what she does, because yeah. she's transfixed on this car, oh she cannot get out of the way of, of the car. And anyone yeah. who, who drives bikes or dri uh, rides motorbikes noticed, you go where you are looking. Yeah, very good. You always go where you're, you're looking. So if, it's not really about moving the handlebars, it's about moving your weight, which is the direction. Um, I know when I was doing um, cycling proficiency, oh, I'll, I'll just tell you so you don't get horror stories, she, she managed to just put her foot down just before she hit the car, so that's fine. <laughs> okay, but, not, but, not another scratch car in your car. Not, not, okay. not another scratch car. Uh, but I, I remember when I was doing cycling proficiency, you know, yeah. you know at school, and, and you're riding along, and then before you, um, you know, put your arm out, to, to signal or, or to do anything, you're always supposed to look behind. Now, whenever I look behind, my instructors would always shout at me because as I look behind, the bike would always oh, yeah. drift. And, and, you know, motorists notice when, when you see cyclists looking behind and their bike just, like, drifts the yeah. wrong way. Why, why am I saying these two things? Because when we have our eyes fixed on where we're going, we get there. Yeah. But when we look to behind to what we were... Yeah. We, we end up going off course. Yeah. When we transfix our gaze on problems, the, pro the parked cars in this world, the things we've got to avoid, yeah. when we transfix our gaze on them rather than where we should be, yeah. we end up smacking in 
straight into the problem we were trying to avoid. Wow. So, so, you, so you get people and, and you know, they, they've had an issue with, say, alcohol in, in the past. Yeah. And they just get transfixed about this thing called alcohol and they just smack right back into it because their whole yeah. uh, life is, is consumed with alcohol. Same with, I've seen it happen with, with eating disorders. You know, it's just it, obsession or, about or anything, something. anything, really. Because yeah. the phrase that comes to, to mind as you're saying it is fear-driven living. Yes. It actually drives you into the fear. Fear is, is meant to be a small mechanism that keeps you from danger. But when you preoccupy and it becomes, as, as you've used it today, when it becomes your focus, you, you're never going to walk in righteousness if it's just about fearfully avoiding bad things. Yeah. It has to be about obeying God for the future. Yes. Right? And that's what you're trying to say, yeah? Yeah. And, 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 and who you are. Yeah. Yes. Exactly who you are. So, so unpick that then. What would you do next or what are you doing to walk into this future thinking of divine righteous acts rather than looking back or looking towards fear? In other words, living out of a sense of what I need to avoid rather than what I need to run to. What are you doing? Well, I, it, it's, it's a concentration of knowing who I should be yes. rather than analysing who I am now. Because if I, if I analyse who I am now, I won't get to where I'm going. So. Very good. Let, let, let me give it a point. You get Moses at the burning bush. God is asking him to go to, to set his people free. Yeah. Moses saying, I can't do it. He doesn't have, he doesn't believe in himself because he doesn't know who he's supposed to be. As he goes, just like Abraham, it's yeah. like he it, it becomes righteous by, by going. Yeah. Um, all the stories in, in, those, in, in the book of, of glory carriers, most of them are done in can I say it? Fear and trepidation. Yeah, yeah. As in God speaks to you, and we have this thing that God speaks to you and it's all peaceful, and, and you just know. It's really nice. <laughs> I wish. Like, no, it's yeah. scary. When God speaks to you and you hear him clear and he tells you to go somewhere, yeah. most of the time it's really scary. Yeah. I don't feel adequate enough. Yeah. I, I, I know that I'm a, I'm a sinner and that I can never do anything right and yeah. that I haven't got any, I cannot save anyone. I cannot heal anyone. I, I cannot bring salvation and good things to people because I know of my history and my past and I've had to yeah. confront that at the cross. But when um, I realise that God is making me into a, well I am, a new creation already, that yeah. the old is gone, rather than going, this is my abilities, I can't do that. I can't do what God is asking me to do. I'm going, if God is asking me to do it, that he's making me into the person to be able to, 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 to fit that destiny. Yeah. You know, I, I, I still am amazed, you know, people get healed. I'm still yeah. amazed at it, you know, I've seen so many healings. Yeah. But it's not the fact that I trust in my own abilities to see someone healed. Yeah. I trust in, in the ability of God to heal someone. Yeah. And, and when, his word, if he's saying yes. it, he's going to deliver the power. Yeah. For, for me, and it's, and, and it's saying exactly the same thing in different words, I am finding my greatest place of peace spiritually, because it's, it's been a, a kind of traumatic time for many people, hasn't it? And, and yet you go through the stages of, 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 of denial, then anger, then it's just, oh, just get this blooming thing over with, you know what I mean? Um, so you go through all these stages. So spiritually, you can feel up and down. So if you rely on your feelings for your spirituality, yes. you're going to struggle, aren't you? Because yes. emotionally and psychologically, we're all going through a lot. Um, and, we're, you know, we're, some are saying society is going to be mopping up the, the mental health issues for quite some time after this. But the place I find the most peace and what's pulling me into the future, which is what I think yeah. you're talking about, is just sitting with a pad and a pen and listening to God. 
it is just my place. And you're talking about the voice of God. That's yep. what pulls me into the future because the voice of God is, is always future focusing. It's let's go this way. And then, you know, well, if it's going that way, it must be safe. It must be empowered. I must have grace for it. And it doesn't come from focusing on my past or what I'm good at or not good at. It comes from yes. hearing the voice of God, which we've been talking about for quite quite a few weeks, really, on, on this programming, um, pre-recorded and, and then live. Um, hearing the voice of God is, is the way that we get drawn into the future. That's so powerful. So, so I would add to that. Yeah. We have this destiny. Yeah. God wants to make us into these amazing warriors of Christ, you know, who are uh, able to do incredible righteous acts. Yeah. How do we get there? Exactly like you're saying, we need to hear the voice of God. We need to spend time meditating to what, what he's saying about us. Yes. Too much of the time, I, I keep saying it, it's the focus. We focus on who we were or what our abilities are. Yeah. But when we get into the secret place, we say with a pad and pen, we start yeah. to hear what God says about us, yeah. how he sees us, that he sees us as holy and blameless. And it's different to self-analysis, isn't yes. it? Yes. It is, who does God say I am? That's who I really am. Yeah. Wow. And then I, I always, when I, when I talk about this, I always say, and the, because it sounds like prideful, but the biggest pride, and this came in at Genesis in the fall, is me deciding my opinions are greater than God's opinions. Wow. Yes. So, so yeah. when God says I'm holy and blameless, and I go, no, I'm not, I'm a wretch, I'll never do anything. Yeah. That in itself is pride because you're saying, no, God, you're wrong. You're I know my myself better. You're elevating yourself. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's dial this right back. We're running out of time. I can't believe it. When we do an interview, man, it just goes so quick. We could talk for two hours like this. It's great. Listen, let's, th there's something in, in all this, I think, for people that are Christians watching this program. Um, but there might be some people that aren't walking with God right now. They're just beginning to discover this whole thing. In fact, they say that a lot of people are going online in this traumatic time to see if there is something of stability, hope and peace to be found in a relationship with God. Um, do you want to talk about that for a minute as we, as we round off? What would you say right now to people that are going through the same lockdown as, as, as the rest of us, um, but they haven't got a walk with God yet? They're just, let me just find out about this God stuff. They might even be suspicious. What would, what would you say? I mean, you can even talk into camera too if you want to talk to them rather than me. And um, okay. let's just see if we can help some people out there that don't yet have a walk with God. So I, I would say this. A walk with God, knowing God, it is not dependent on your past abilities. The secret to, to finding God is this, is to realise he's not looking for your performance. He's not looking to see how well you're doing. He knows that we're all <laughs> failed prodigies in, in some ways, but we've all mucked up, but we've all done things wrong. What, what happens when you realise, I need something more. God, will you help me? I can't do this. I know I get this wrong. I, I, I know I've got this bit of loneliness in my life or I've got this issue that I need, I need to, to face. God says, that's it. Brilliant. You've understood. I came as saviour. I came to help you. That is what I'm here for. I'm not there to, to mark you how good you are. I'm here to help you become the best that you can be. And it all comes when we say, Jesus, I'm sorry that I've done stuff wrong. I'm sorry that I've, I've let you down and I've gone my own way and I've put my own opinion above your opinions and I've put my own decisions above your opinions. And you go, Jesus, I'm sorry. Will you talk to me? Will you come into my life? So if that's you right now and you, you want to 
Well, if you, if you want to find, is Jesus real? Why don't you just close your eyes for a minute and you say, Jesus, I know that I'm not good enough for you. I know that there are things in my past which I've done wrong. I know I'm not perfect. But Jesus, I know you are perfect. I'm sorry for doing things wrong. I'm sorry for, for making mistakes and hurting other people. Will you come into my life? If that's you, just, just say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. I declare that you are Lord. I say that you are Lord. Just say, you are Lord of my life, Jesus. I give my life to you, Jesus. I give my life to you, Jesus. Amen. That's all you need to do. All you need to do is to say, Jesus, I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't get things right. I know my, my, my best actions are just like dirty rags. But Jesus, will you come and meet me? And as I lay down my opinions and I lay down myself and I pick up what you think about me and what you want me to do, that's where you walk into the fullness of heaven. If you said that today for the first time, you said, Jesus, will you come into my life for the first time? Is there some way they can contact us? Or Yeah, if right now, if you put the details in the, uh, if you're on YouTube, you can put it in the comment section. If you're on Facebook, you can put it in the comment section. And we've got pastors and staff who are on those uh, different platforms and they will connect you up. We can give you websites. We can connect you with a pastor. We'll even send you a Bible if you want one. Um, we would just love to stay connected and help you on this journey. So contact us right now if you can and let us know you're making that decision to begin a walk with God. It is the most revolutionary thing you'll ever do. And it's not just, it's not religion. It is a dynamic relationship with Jesus starting in your heart that will transform everything and make you ultimately into this new creation Chris is talking about and begin to change our complete outlook on life. Chris, so good to have you back, mate. It's good to be really back. Really good. We, we chucked you in the deep end saying, right, the first minute back off work, let's do a live interview. <laughs> How Why long have I been at work? For two hours? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I think you need a break. You need a lunch break. Mate, absolutely fantastic. So glory carriers dot glorycarriers.co.uk glorycarriers.co.uk or go on Amazon and have yep. a look at it. A great but highly, highly recommend it.